We are together in this great adventure, this podcast, Interior Integration for Catholics. We are journeying together, and I am honored to be able to spend this time with you. Thank you for being here with me, my dear listeners. I am Dr. Peter Malinowski, clinical psychologist, passionate Catholic, and together we are taking on the tough topics that matter to you. In this podcast, we bring the best of psychology and human formation. We harmonize that with the perennial truths of the Catholic faith. Interior Integration for Catholics is part of our broader outreach, Souls and Hearts. Souls and Hearts brings the best of psychology grounded in a Catholic worldview to you and the rest of the world through our website, soulsandarts.com. And today is a very special day. This podcast is released on March 25th, 2022, the Feast of the Annunciation, when Our Lady, Our Mother, the Blessed Virgin Mary, gave her fiat, her consent to the angel Gabriel, and became the Mother of God and our spiritual mother as well. This is one of my absolute favorite feast days when God became human, when Jesus took on his human nature and became one of us, true God and true man. We are in episode 91 of Interior Integration for Catholics, and today, Souls and Hearts is bringing to you and to the rest of the world a great gift. Dr. Jerry Crete, co-founder of Souls and Hearts, is with me today to announce the launching of the Litanies of the Heart project. Well, I am really excited to be with you, Dr. Jerry. I am so excited about this this whole project that's been going on, actually going back all the way to last year, the Litanies project. And so it is a blessing to have you on Interior Integration for Catholics in this special episode. Welcome. Thank you, Dr. Peter. It's great to do a podcast with you. It's been a little while <laughs> since the last time we did one of these. Exactly. It is good to be back together with you. And I just I just enjoy I just enjoy being with you, Dr. Jerry. It is just great when we have these opportunities to spend time together and to be involved in such such important work. I am so so moved by these litanies. This is the big project, and we haven't even introduced them. So we should we should wind this back a little bit and just tell our listeners what the litanies of the heart are. Just what are they? Yes, yes, so. absolutely. These litanies are traditional Catholic and Christian litanies. Many people might be familiar with the style where there is a you know, a statement made and then a response. And it's there's a repetition to the responses. And mm-hmm. so it's a whole prayer form that is traditional to the church and goes back to the early church. Well, it goes back as far as the actually the Psalms even, and perhaps earlier. Right. But so we created these litanies that would be directed toward Jesus, but we infused within them elements that we have found in primarily attachment theory, which is a psychological approach, uh, and but also our clinical experience and some aspect of parts work as well in order to like inform the litany. And the idea behind it is that this these prayers can help you develop a more secure and deeper relationship with Jesus. Okay, so they're operating... And this is the brilliant thing. They're operating not just on the spiritual level, but also on our natural level. They're also taking into consideration 
the ways that we get wounded, the ways that we get hurt, and the psychological obstacles that we have to relating. Yes, yes. That's the thing. Yes, and and I think what I find fascinating in the research, in the psychological research with attachment theory, is that it goes all the way back to early studies on really initially the maternal bond with a, with a, a young baby. And, and mm-hmm. they were studying that and trying to understand the bond between mother and child and then eventually parent and child and understanding how that attachment develops. And that even got advanced in time to understanding how adults attach to each other, like how husbands and wives attach at deeper levels and what mm-hmm. causes disturbances. And we know that our childhood traumas and our difficulties in connecting with others early on can influence and affect the way we then connect to others and ultimately the way we even connect to God. To God, exactly. I mean, that is what we're all about at Souls and Hearts. It's all about you know bringing the best of psychological resources, the best of human formation resources, and grounding them in an authentic Catholic understanding of the human person. That's what's so exciting to me about these litanies is that that they are really tuned to the different developmental, the different maturational issues that we have. Like it really takes into consideration where we are in our in our relational lives where we are in our our capacity to connect you know because there's a developmental continuum there mm-hmm. yeah yeah and i think that um we sometimes talk about oh jesus healing our wounds right or we talk about you know maybe even some kind of therapies or approaches or even spiritual retreats that exist where you're inviting Jesus into a moment of pain or into our wounds. And, and that, hey, that, that can be very powerful. But what we're doing here is we're really trying to make sure that we're intentional about bringing what we know from the research in terms of what really helps a person become truly attached in a safe way, in a healing way, in a transformative way, and we're actually connecting that into a prayer, right? into a prayer that will connect us with Christ, who, who we all say and know in our heads is the attachment figure par excellence. He is the God who is love, and he's the one who heals us and redeems us and transforms us. We know that, <laughs> but, but, but sometimes it's really hard to make that come home. In right, a sense, right. like enter into the heart at a deeper level. And that's what these litanies are are going to do. I was reflecting on the scripture when the apostles were asking our Lord, you know, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. And what was our Lord's response? He gave them the words. He gave them the words of the Our Father. He actually like laid out the exact words to say. And one of the things that you and I have both noticed that we've talked about is how many of our struggles, how many of our our challenges, how many of the difficulties that we have relating go back to when we were really, really young, before we had language, before we could even conceptualize things symbolically and put them into words. And so one of the things about these litanies is that it it helps us to actually know what to pray, mm-hmm. right? Our, our Lord gave us the words to prayer. And I really do believe that when you laid out 
these, these words, that they weren't just from you, that these were actually coming from God for our modern age. Mm-hmm. When we are so far away from natural law, we're so far off the moral sidewalk. There's so many things going on that, you know, are, uh, have an impact on us in a way that compromises our capacity to be in relationship mm-hmm. that I think these, this is such a, 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 a moment for these kinds of litanies. Yeah, no, I agree. And you know, what's funny is, uh, I will sometimes accuse you, Peter, of having made me do Sherry Waddell's, you know, called and gifted program, right? Where you explore your charism and your gifts. And, and of course, you didn't make me do it, of course. But but uh, but anyhow, in doing that, I was doing that program. And one of the things that you do there is you explore your your charism or your gifts. Right. And I was exploring writing and I was exploring teaching. I was exploring uh, uh, those aspects. And and really, um, one of the exercises was, well, do it, do the thing to right, find out right. whether or not it is God working through you, or is it just a human talent that you happen to have, right? Right. And honestly, um, the initial inspiration of, hey, why don't we do litanies came from you, right, Dr. Peter? And and, and I was all excited about it and wanted to take, take it on. And, and so when I sat down to do it, it's one of those things where I felt like this just came. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yep. It's you know, and you yep. read it later, and you're like, "Did I write that? I guess I wrote that." <laughs> and, and and you know, of course, it took a lot. There was a whole kinds of revisions. We all looked it right. over. We right. we had a number of people, you know, t- you know, giving feedback, and we made a lot of right. tweaks. But it really, I I happen to believe that the Holy Spirit was involved. Oh yeah, yeah. I hope that if you pray this litany, you will discover that for yourself. I, I was super excited about the idea and I actually wrote up a five page outline about how we could all do this. And then I was going to like actually try to write the litany and I, I could barely write two lines. Like I was, I realized (laughs) I can't, I can't write this. I don't know how to do this. I was totally stymied, you know, and that's when we were discussing it and the idea came up. Yeah. Why don't, why don't you take a stab at this? And I was amazed. I was totally amazed. And then I took the litanies to prayer myself. And I'm like, some of those lines, like Jesus, hold me in your arms. Like the repeating of that was just like mm-hmm. so powerful for me. So powerful for me. Yeah, I will say I've always loved litanies. Maybe you have too. But I had an old tan. I'm looking for. I've been looking all over the house for it because I haven't looked at it for years. But I had this tan publishing book on litanies, and it was chock filled with these beautiful traditional litanies. If I can't find it in my house, I'm going to have to go see if I can find it. But but um. You know, the idea of the images right. in all the traditional Catholic litanies, even, you know, the public ones as well as the private devotional ones are powerful. And I think from a psychological point of view, it accesses that unconscious mind, you might say, or that limbic system. It accesses not the the logical left brain right, right. part of the brain. Right. It accesses something deeper. So we're in touch with Christ in a way that we can't think of right we can only experience at a heart level well and it brings in every fiber of our being that's what i like about this is that yeah we're looking for that ventral vagal state like we talked about in episode 89 which is all about polyvagal theory we're actually really looking to engage and to be in relationship with our lord with every fiber of our being 
orienting all of us, you know, all of our parts, all of our intentions, all of our desires, all of our feelings, all of our body sensations, everything oriented. And the thing about these litanies is that it has this orienting effect. At least when I pray them, it has this orienting effect that's real. The repetition, I think, has so much to do with it, you know, to say these things over and over again, the responses. Mm-hmm. And so that's just really, really, it was really eye opening for me. And there are times where I'm really dry in meditative prayer and I'm like, I'm going to get the litanies out. You know, I'm, I, you know, I've, I need some help, I need some structure. You know, so yeah, and I think what will happen is that you you'll pray it more than one time, of course, and right. something will affect you differently each time. Right. One of the images will speak to you, like it might be something about who Jesus is, or it might be something about how Jesus comes to you. That in that moment, that line will affect you. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it's Jesus as shepherd, or maybe it's just Jesus treasures me mm-hmm. or something will affect us the same line might affect us differently another day yeah and and that's the beauty of it it's kind of like the gospels like there's four different versions and they're going to hit you in different ways they're multi-dimensional right and right. i love that right right there's lots of different ways that we can be brought in to the relationship in a way that's attuned to and respects the fullness of our human condition, yeah. you know, our, our condition in this fallen world. You know, I think a lot of times we have really unrealistic expectations of prayer. We have really un- unrealistic expectations of what we, sh- where we should be spiritually. And one of the things about these litanies is that it expects that you're going to have a closed heart, at least at some time. Mm-hmm. And it expects that you're going to have a fearful heart at some times and it expects that your heart's going to be wounded. Mm-hmm. And that just for me is really comforting. And I think for for people that are willing to be really real in the relationship with God, it provides an opening, an avenue to to connect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And and maybe we should point out anyone is interested or maybe already knows about attachment theory or if you don't, that there's three primary insecure attachment styles. There's the attachment style that um, where one is anxious, kind of preoccupied and worrying. And then there's another attachment style that is kind of avoidant, that withdraws, mm-hmm. disconnects. And then there's another that kind of bounces between the two in a fearful, you know, avoidant way where sometimes you're really wanting to connect but then afraid to mm-hmm. kind of all at once. That's where we get the three prayers that you mentioned that there's a closed heart, there's a wounded heart, and there's a fearful heart. Mm-hmm. And so we begin with the premise that of course, all of us, we're in a fallen world. We all have, <laughs> none of us is perfectly securely attached to, you know, everybody in our lives and God, right? right? Like this doesn't exist. So, so we all, like you said, start off, with with some at least some insecurity and so what these prayers are designed to do is to bring us into a closer secure relationship whatever the insecure place is we're moving toward safety connection with with Jesus right and i think when that happens it will transform the way you connect with other people, your spouse, your family members, your friends, like it will change, it will help at least mm-hmm. to to um, make a real difference. Mm-hmm. Because when you're secure with, with Christ, 
Uh, it's life changing. Yeah, that's absolutely that's absolutely life changing. But let's let's just I mean, I'm just wondering if any of our listeners might have concerns that we're trying to bring some kind of psychological manipulation or, you know, some kind of psychological approach to prayer that somehow undermines the work of grace, you know, or somehow undermines Jesus's own actions, you know, in this. And I'm just curious if you could speak to that you know, at all, Dr. Jerry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I wonder about that too, in the sense that, um, when we write prayers, what is the worldview behind them? You know? Uh, and, and, uh, I don't know how many people write prayers. So I kind of take it pretty seriously that when I'm writing, that I am opening my heart, that I'm praying, mm-hmm. To God, I'm asking for his help. I'm asking for his inspiration. I'm asking, though, for him to use whatever human skills, talents, and knowledge that I might happen to meagerly possess (laughs) and to baptize those. Mm -hmm. So I didn't didn't go about this prayer writing psychological jargon. Mm -hmm. I instead went, what is the truth? that we can get from the, the human realm, the psychological realm. What is the truth? Because, of course, you can't trust it all, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I mean, some research is just interesting, and if it's properly right. done, it's just maybe information. But there often is biases and so on. So my attitude to it is, how can we baptize this? Right. How can we bring this human talent and offer it to God? How can we transform it into something that would be pleasing to him? So I know that for me, at least, that's my intention. Mm-hmm. And that's my prayer is to always do that and never to be manipulating with psychological ideas to manipulate God in any way or manipulate other people into you know, something. Or, or create some sort of false engineered experience of relationship with God when it's really not there or things like that. Yeah. That's so consistent with Catholic with a small C, that sort of universal. We want to bring in these other valuable, these valuable pieces of information that help us to really mm-hmm. remove any anything that's unnecessary that gets in the way between us and God. And because we're embodied beings you know, because we're, we're body and soul composites, our bodies matter. They have a huge impact on us. Mm-hmm. And so to be able to pray in a way that brings in not just the soul and the spirit, but also the body and the mind and the heart, you know, all the emotions, and we're getting closer to loving the Lord, our God with our whole heart. And it's interesting because that passage in Luke 10, 27 starts with the heart, whole heart, whole soul, whole mind and all your strength, right? Yeah. One thing that comes to mind, I had been pondering for years about St. Ignatius's spiritual exercises. And I can remember reading a, a research study by a priest who was, was looking at the exercises. And I remember the first time reading that the first week, right, of the four-week process is about developing a secure attachment with God. St. Ignatius wrote those exercises. Right, like, he right. might not have used that terminology back in the, you know, whenever it was, the 15th century or 16th century, I can't recall. Right. He hadn't read any John Bowlby or, you know, no, like right. or Mary Ainsworth or anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, what, but that's what it is. It really is about, yep. in other words, it's foundational. Unless you, yeah. have a, you have security 
there's a safety that has to be there. And, but with that safety though, there's, there is a trust and a vulnerability and a kind of a surrender mm-hmm. that happens too. And, and a lot of times that's all kind of scary, <laughs> right? Um, for, for a lot of us, right? If we've experienced a lot of trauma or whatnot, uh, the idea of being vulnerable right. is all, right there is scary. Right. The idea of trusting anyone, maybe even God seems scary. And the idea of something being safe seems maybe even incomprehensible. Right. So what 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 I think St. Ignatius was so inspired in was that somehow he knew that's what people needed. Mm-hmm. You know, and so a whole week was spent to connect with God on a level of safety and on a level of trust. Because you can't go further no. if you don't have that. If you haven't surrendered on some level your heart to God, you're not going to get a lot farther. There's a lot more to go. Like the, lit- I think the litany of the heart for some might be just the beginning. Right, right, right. It's it's a it's a beginning of being connected because what does God doesn't want to just, in my opinion, anyway. I'm speaking for God. Oh my gosh, I'll be careful. <laughs> but I don't think God wants us just to sit and be safe and and be in His loving arms as much as right. right. We look forward to that right. right in heaven, but He wants us to then be transformed, mm-hmm. and He wants us to go out and love others. Right. And, cha- and right. transform the world. Right. But you can't transform the world, right? You can't build his kingdom, so to speak, unless you actually have that foundation. Exactly right. Exactly right. And there are so many people, you know this, Dr. Jerry, we've talked about it a lot. So many people with such good intentions working so hard in the spiritual realm, really working hard on their spiritual formation. But the obstacles really seem to be in the human formation aspects. And what I love about these prayers is that it brings in that as well, you know, and de- in a deliberate way. Mm-hmm. I remember when we were, we were going over the drafts and, uh, and Dr. Peter Martin, clinical psychologist out in Lincoln, Nebraska was like saying, there's a progression here. There's a progression here, even within yeah. the prayer, even within the litany of the closed heart, for example, there's a progression that happens. Right. And so yeah. can you talk a little bit about yeah. the progressions within the, the yeah. litanies? So I would love to, because originally I wrote it as one big litany <laughs> and based on attachment theory. And it was kind of long, <laughs> but you know, I was like, this is a draft. Right. Let's see, you know, I might yeah. pare it down or whatever. <laughs> and it was Dr. Uh, Peter Martin that you mentioned who, who, who kind of suggested, what if this was three mm-hmm. based, I think it was him anyway, based on, on the three, on the different attachment right. styles. And that made a lot of sense to me. Um, but he mentioned in each of them that the, the idea of moving from desolation to consolation, mm-hmm. right? And whoa. And so that really moved me to be very intentional about where does the litany, what's the journey? Mm-hmm. So when you enter the prayer, I think I want to follow the mystical monastic tradition of the church to move from that whole uh, process of of justification, sanctification, illumination, mm-hmm. ultimately complete unification with God and glorification and whatnot. And so um, that is the journey of the prayer. I mean, it's not like we're all going to get all that, <laughs> that entire journey just doing the prayer once. It's it's like, yeah. but it over time, right. it's like waves of the ocean. It just like works and works within the soul. But the beginning part of the prayer, right, is the answer is Lord have mercy. So it's an opening of just 
God help me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm here. Lord have mercy. It's such a common, right? It's the most common response in litanies. Lord, it begins with Lord have mercy. Right. But then it moves to then open my heart. Mm-hmm. So you start off by saying, God, I need your help. Mm-hmm. Next, it's, I need your help to open my, can you open my heart in some little way? That's the, that's the receptivity part, right? That's so difficult for so many of us is to be open, to be receptive, to tolerate being loved, yeah. right? To open our hearts. Right. And, and in that you're bringing, this is what's happening, open my heart. Well, actually in that part, it, the, this is what's happening happens with the Lord have mercy part. But then the, the second part is basically saying who Jesus is, just who he is. Right. He's a shepherd. Right. And then open my heart to that. Yeah. Because we've got all these distorted God images and we have many of them, right? As many as we have parts that are sort of disconnected and unrecollected, right? We've got all these really terrible God images. And we've talked about those in uh, episodes 23 to 29 of this podcast, about how those God images get distorted by our experiences and by how we construe those experiences, how we make sense of it. And it's, it's a felt thing in the bones. Mm-hmm. And the only way to correct that is to have an, a different experience of God, the experience of God as he actually is. But in order to do that, God's not going to invade. He's not going to impose himself on us. We need to open our hearts, mm-hmm. right? And so that line of open my heart as you're laying out in the prayer for us, God's laying out in the prayer for us, you know, who Jesus really is. Yeah. You know, so, so beautiful. And then it moves to the next part is hold me in your arms. Mm-hmm. I've surrendered a bit. I began with Lord have mercy. I've said, open my heart. And now I'm saying, hold me in your arms. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's just receiving what it is that Jesus can give us, mm-hmm. right? It's not changing anything at that moment. It's just hold me, mm-hmm. right? And some people, we, we debated the hold me versus hold me in your arms. Right. I, we right. stuck with hold me in your arms. Yep. Hey, if it's easier for you, just say hold me. I love the, the imagery behind just being held, whether he's like holding you like a baby in his arms mm-hmm. or whether he's just embracing mm-hmm. I just think that is so important mm-hmm. to be held mm-hmm. and to receive again. And then it moves into the final part is I trust in you. Right. Right. So now it's a deeper level of saying this is uh, who you are. This is what you're doing for me. And I trust in you. That's the response, right? That's, that's our response back is to trust our God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and so you're it moves you to the next phase because it's it's like the 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 completion of the surrender because at the beginning when it's Lord have mercy, you might be anywhere in that. It's not you haven't <laughs> like it's just a, a plea for help right. possibly right. But it is but by now by this point you've seen who Jesus is you've kind of experienced him holding you. Now you're experiencing what he can do in your life. Mm-hmm. And the answer is, I trust in you. So it's, in other words, there is an ascent to allow that to happen in your life. Right. Right. And that's where real change can happen. 
because I don't think you could go, you can't start with, like you might in your head know, okay, right. I need to make these changes right. in my life or right. I might need to do this or that or love somebody better or whatever it is. But you you can't begin there. <laughs> Most of us can't, start. you know, we might know that's where we go and think, okay, I'm going to will myself there. But in fact, real change happens when it is at a deeper level. Right, right. And so that's, you brought up something about that is that we can come into this prayer hot. We could be like, you know, desperately trying to wrap up things at the office and we've got 15 minutes that we can spend in the car before we've got to be home with the kids or something like that. And we can come into this prayer hot, you know, totally unrecollected and, and that the, the there's an there's an intentionality about helping us to ground so that by the time we work our way through it right. you know there's there's that progression yeah. and that's one of the things that's been so powerful for me is to like be able to be held by that progression and mm-hmm. and you know to recognize hey this is something that I, I really need. There are parts of me, frankly, Dr. Jerry, that would like to be proud and say, I don't really need, you know, somebody to give me the words. I'm just gonna relate with our Lord, you know, and I'm like, you know, not able to at certain points. So mm-hmm. so this is this is also helpful for those that are struggling, struggling with attention issues, concentration issues, struggling with a lot of uh, intense emotions, you know, because the words can anchor you. Yeah. The words to say the words. Yeah, I would encourage people to have a little journal. You might not want to interrupt the prayer by journaling. You could, but you might want to write down your thoughts and feelings and your experience after each time. I think that would help to like possibly lead to deeper prayer, maybe contemplative prayer afterward. But I will throw something else out. I don't want to forget before I forget. There's no question you can do this prayer on your own. So this can be a solo prayer. But... When I did it with my wife, <laughs> and she loved it, by the way, she loved it. And she started asking me, oh, do you want to do the litanies? Like un- unprompted. And um, there's something beautiful about that because even in deciding which one are we going to do, mm-hmm. tell, told me something about where she was at, if she suggested this one or that one. And having that shared experience, it's really nice to just mm-hmm. do the prayer together and be in the receptive role or be in the leader role whatever. But then I think it is a great way that you could lead to gentle discussions afterward Mm -hmm. about what happened to me in that prayer or what moved me in that prayer. And that would facilitate at least some open and Mm -hmm. communication between spouses. It doesn't have to, but it it, it could lead to uh, a really nice discussion about how you're doing and not on a superficial level. Even if it's just like, wow, when we prayed that, mm-hmm. that line spoke to me today. And then it could be like, oh, well, tell me a little bit why. You know, it could open up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it has the opportunity to, for spouses or even for families, if it's a whole family praying it, mm-hmm. it can open up things that takes the conversation to a more significant and meaningful level. Yeah. And it provides a structure for doing that, right? Because I think it's just hard to get folks together. I can imagine, you know, with my teenage children, that it would be easier to do it through the prayer than to just sit down and like, let's just start relating about Jesus and where we are and, you know, all of that, you know, like there's a, there's a (laughs) format for it, right? You know, to be able to connect. So that's, those are really interesting ideas. And it was powerful when I prayed it with you. 
you know, we've prayed it. Mm. And there's actually an audio version of this where you and I are praying it together. Yeah. And it's available. It's available on our landing page at soulsandhearts.com backslash L-I-T, lit, for litanies. And that's where all the stuff about the litanies is. But you also have, you also have a guide. You, we got to talk about yes. the guide, yes. right? Yes. Yeah. Um, so I wrote a guide. It was supposed to be one or two pages. <laughs> it became nine pages in Word and single spaced. But um, it was, again, it was just, I felt kind of inspired to share. So there's a little just basic explanation of what the litany is, but there's a section if you're starting out. So if you've never really prayed a litany before or prayed much at all, or just need a refresher, there's a lot of tips and suggestions for how to do that starting out. So that's a kind of beginning place. But then there's a section that goes a little deeper to ask those questions about what is your experience when you're praying? What words spoke to you? Maybe to journal that and to to go a little deeper into what the litany is about. And then there is a section, um, uh, sort of an appendix, just a little brief, very summary of of the little history of the litanies in general and a little bit mm-hmm. of how we came about it, but also another deeper dive into attachment theory a little bit and, and how it connects and about how one can experience those litanies even deeper if one wants to. Mm-hmm. And it's important for folks to know that we did these in English, but we also have them in Spanish. So those are available as well. And in the future, we would definitely like to get more languages. Uh, the next one I'd like to get is Portuguese. But yeah, there's also other languages, French and German and Italian. My French is so rusty that I don't intend to do the French version. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Mario Sacasa, who you know, right? He's yes. been active yeah. in the Catholic Psychotherapy Association. Uh, and I, we just recorded the Spanish version. And so uh, one of the Spanish versions, because we also have different versions and Catholic therapist Maribel Laguna, who is the president of the Catholic Psychotherapy Association, she has helped us out with a Spanish audio version that is just really worth listening to. And then therapists from Souls and Hearts from the Interior Therapist Community, Maggie Maxwell and Christine Wisdom, have also done another version in English. So yeah, that the audio can be really helpful too, because sometimes I can imagine people being in in a place where they don't want to read it, but they want to listen and they want to respond, right? Yeah. And they want to connect in that way. So there's all these different modalities. And they're all Catholic therapists that are doing the audio right. versions. Right. Yep. Just kind of yep. nice. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, we we're really grateful for the Catholic therapists that stepped forward and were willing to to share in that way because and that was important to us because I think you suggested it because I think we really wanted the 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 therapist to get the attachment aspects of this, right? To be mm-hmm. able to bring that in. And when we've shared this with a very limited number of people, we shared it with some of the therapists in the uh, interior therapist community at Souls and Hearts, and then with a few other folks, uh, Father Boniface Hicks, you know, and some others. The, the response was like, "Wow, this is this is different." So, Father Boniface said he wants to give it to his penitent, <laughs> which I thought was fantastic, but it's not a punishment. <laughs> <laughs> and I know he didn't mean it that way at all. But, no, but, not at all. Not but it's all. a way of, yeah, um, I, I think there's just so many ways in which people are going to connect with these litanies. 
So I'm just going to invite folks, come and check it out. Check out the guide. The litanies are free. You can just download PDF copies and print them. I want to mention too our graphic designer who did an excellent job on this, uh, Joshua Facemeyer at Impressus Art, impressusart.com. Really, really happy with the art. Um, so there's downloadable copies, but then there's also printed copies, and we've got them in different configurations. If you want a really nice laminated copy for your personal prayer, we can get you those. We've also got more utility copies for a parish that might want 300 at a time. We've got little stands and all of that that they, you can put them out on the on the little counters out in the in the vestibules of the churches and stuff like that. We really want to be able to offer this to the world. We don't sell the anything regarding the litanies. We do take donations for the for the printed copies and we will take donations if people want to support the work. We'd love to get this, like I said, into different languages and to really be able to send this out to the world. So if you feel inclined to help us out with that way, check us out at soulsandhearts.com backslash lit, L-I-T. We have a comment box there so that you can just put in your feedback, your ideas, your experience of praying the litanies. Really want to hear from you. So there's going to be a little community aspect to this as well. And then I want to let everybody know that we're going to be starting to ship printed copies on the week of April 13th in the U.S. And we'll start with international shipping the week of May 31st. So that's also coming for the printed copies. I'll be happy to connect with you if you've got some ideas about this. And I've got some ideas about this too. We don't know where this is going to go. You know, there's already some ideas that I know you have, Dr. Jerry, about some other litanies, you know, some other I litanies do. in the works. Yes, in um, the works. And, uh, and yes. so it's super exciting to think that this may be making an impact in people's lives all over. So such a blessing to be with you. Thank you, Dr. Jerry, for really being receptive to this. And it was just a beautiful thing to see how we could work together, how these different charisms that we mentioned before could be could be combined. Because your charisms are different than mine, you know? And it was so obvious in this project, like, like where who, who could do what, you know? And that's one of the things yeah. about Souls and Hearts <laughs> is we're really about you know, trying to, trying to discern that and, and to really build up the church in our little corner of the vineyard, which is all about that psychological resources, all about the human formation aspect. So we encourage people to check us out at soulsandhearts.com. We have a lot more going on there besides the litanies. We have the podcasts, we have the courses, we have the blogs, we have the shows, we ha- and we have the communities. So if you want to get to know us better, we would love to get to know you. And the other thing is, is we'd love your feedback on the litanies. We have a we have a comment box at soulsandhearts.com backslash lit. Let us know what you think. We would love to hear from you. We're going to be paying attention to that. So yeah, ideas, whatever. We want to be open to to how the spirit might be moving you too. So well, with that, what do you say, uh, Dr. Jerry? Should we go back to old time's sake? Would you would you would you lead us in the invocations of St. John the Baptist and of Our Lady? We did in the old days and be with be with the word. Okay. Our Lady, Our Mother Mary, Untire of Knots. Pray for us. St. John the Baptist. Pray for us. Be still. Believe. Be loved. Be loved.